Hello, I'm Dr. Sri Banerjee, core faculty for the College of Health Sciences and Public Policy at Walden University. And in this segment, I'll be going over trauma-informed pedagogy or trauma-informed education. Before this, I want to give a, a little uh, background to this. Um, trauma-informed uh, first uh, came out when um, there was disaster management planning. Uh, some of the things that was seen is that there were a lot of uh, uh, mental health problems that were going on uh, from this, and this was long term um, after chronic sort of um, uh, chronic processing uh, within cognition and affect. Um, so let's go ahead and get started here. Um, what exactly does trauma-informed pedagogy or education mean? Well, there's six um, components to this trauma-informed education. Um, and one is safety. And if you think about the uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, uh, then the first thing is safety. Um, uh, people need to feel safe. Um, and then within the education platform, uh, trustworthiness and transparency um, and then if needed uh, peer support um, collaboration and mutuality uh, uh, empowerment voice and choice and then cultural historical and gender issues um, as it turns out even discrimination with the chronic stress from that can uh, lead to negative effects and educational outcomes so delving deeper into these six uh, trauma-informed guiding principles um, that we went over, um, this is actually uh, coming from, uh, if you look here on the top, um, they're coming from uh, the Centers for Disease Control, uh, Center for Preparedness and Response, which is known as CPR, um, and then SAMHSA. Uh, the National Center for Trauma-Informed Care, NCTIC. Um, this was developed and led a new training for Center for Preparedness and Response employees about the role of trauma-informed care during the public health emergencies. And this is what I was telling uh, you before, that uh, emergencies, public health emergencies, uh, need a guiding principle to try to, um, to, try to perpetuate and uh, uh, serve in a trauma-informed approach. And again, it's not a single particular technique. Uh, this is more of a guiding principle. Um, like cognitive behavioral therapy is a technique. Um, it requires constant attention, caring awareness, sensitivity, and possibly a cultural change at an organizational level. So ongoing internal organizational assessment and quality improvement is necessary. So the next slide uh, we'll go over is uh, trauma-informed education, making this um, a little bit more um, narrow in, um, in understanding this. Um, so trauma-informed educational practices is a mindset and acceptance of diversity, including background, knowledge, skills, and life experiences and an understanding that some of those life experiences may be varied and include trauma. Um, it doesn't even have to be immediate trauma. 
um, adverse childhood experiences like poverty, neglect, exposure to violence, including discrimination and racism, can induce overwhelming stress. And this is because there's a long-standing history of discrimination, um, Jim Crow laws, even after the Civil War ended, um, which led to discrimination long-term and a lot of intergenerational um, health issues uh, emerged out of that. So the third thing is that chronic stress and trauma can impact the brain's not only cognition, uh, also memory, um, memory centers, derailing learning, and triggering behaviors such as fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Um, fawn is avoiding the situation by making light of it. Um, and, and this is part of the consolation of the reaction that has been developed um, over time, over years. Um, and as you can see, if your cognition is unclear or memory centers are unclear, then it's difficult to learn new concepts. So as I said, uh, it's uh, the, the trauma-informed um, guidelines is not necessarily a technique. Um, it's it's a it's a principle. Um, how is this infrastructure imagined? Well, um, this structure would support students, um, also faculty and staff, in creating a learning environment free of discrimination and trauma. This fosters resilience. So increasing the things that is most important psychologically and emotionally. Um, restorative or formal, former and current trauma and our preparation for the future by building resilience. Um, so any current trauma somebody that's experiencing, which um, brings about trauma from uh, previous experiences, including childhood, um, can affect uh, the current and the future. Um, that's why building resilience is so important. Um, and then the third thing is addressing trauma and is human uh, addressing trauma in human relationship. Um, and if the relationships are positive, they can buffer the effects of stress and trauma. So having these these uh, social capital human relationships um, are are especially important to um, keep in mind. And then finally, um, how does the trauma-informed classroom look? Well, using a trauma-informed approach allows us to examine the influences of historic and systemic racism and discrimination that lead to equities in the classroom. Um, uh, educational um, inequities, uh, health inequities, all of these um, result in a um, in a classroom environment which is not conducive to learning. Um, therefore, if we build resilience, um, then this can buffer some of the effects of trauma. Um, again, students are exposed to racism and discrimination in and outside of the classroom, which can be compounded by intergenerational poverty and trauma. So these are the components uh, um, and segments that comprise um, a trauma-informed approach, whether it's in the classroom or other places. I hope some of this makes sense. Thank you for listening.